On today's Tuesday Talks of the TNT Podcast, we were talking NBA Playoff Edition Part 3. We are talking everything NBA, every team, every team that just got bounced from the playoffs, uh, and every team that is still in it, and, and the teams that are on breaks waiting for the two Game 7s to uh, take place. But before we jump into the NBA... I want to shift gears to the NFL, which is less than two weeks away from the first NFL Sunday, which means you guys have less than two weeks to head over to J11.com and get your J11 gear. Whatever it is, sweet t-shirts, sweet hoodies, sweet pants, sweet clothes for your girlfriend, your your kids, your dogs, books for your kids, anything it is, J11's got it. So head over to J11.com use... Promo code TMD20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Again, TMD20 at checkout. All right, let's do it. What is going on, guys? We are back for another Tuesday Talks. We're talking NBA playoffs. Again, we're back. Uh... A lot of games to cover here. Uh, the NBA's been back since Saturday, so we got Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We got three days of NBA coverage we got to talk about here, um, and it's it's been great. Uh, the 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 last two days have been great NBA basketball. Two two game sevens forced, uh, which we're going to get into. Uh, we had two teams bounced from the playoffs. We had the Dallas Mavericks and the Portland Tra- Trailblazers bounced from the playoffs. Um, so we're going to start with those, but then we're going to dive into the uh, the first round, and then we're going to get into the semis, and then we're going to get into the two L.A. teams that are on break right now waiting for the two semis to uh, finish up. But the eliminations, uh, the Mavericks and the Portland Trailblazers, um, honestly, I expected a little bit more from uh, from Portland uh, and and how they finished up. I, I don't know. I, th- I, thought, I thought they were going to give – uh, LA a better uh, a better series than five games. Um, I I don't know. I thought I thought there was more to this Portland team. I guess uh, when they were fully healthy, I thought the Nurkic coming back in the bubble made them uh, a, a way way better team. But you could just clearly see that they uh, they just didn't have it all. Um, I, and I don't know. It just it it sort of seemed like game four. You know, even game three, uh, Dame's like, I don't know, just seemed like Dame, he kind of gave up after game three. I got I got that sense. Uh, and and uh, it's probably because I bet on Damian Lillard game three. <laughs> uh, I bet on Damian Lillard. He scored 15 points in the second half, and he scored 14. Kind of screwed me. So that's probably why I feel this way. But I don't know game and then his last game and then he got injured and he, he wasn't with the team uh, for the for the last game so I don't know I, I expected more I was I was actually really impressed with CJ McCollum uh, I think CJ McCollum gets lost uh, in the NBA talk really because he's he really is a great uh, a great secondary role player who could easily be the best player on the team on another NBA team that he he's that talent but. Damian Lillard was just on such a high high, was playing out of his mind this entire year, uh, but especially in the bubble, and he he really overshadowed um, CJ McCollum, and I think that they have a good, they really have a, have a good overall team. Uh, you know, they, they Mello, Nurkic, Hassan Whiteside coming off the be- the bench, uh, the other shooter, I'm forgetting his name, um, but they had, they had a good 
they had a good team. You know, they had a really good, solid squad, uh, and that and that's really why I thought they were going to give the Lakers a little more run for their money because, honestly, the Lakers game one just looked out of it. And I'll admit this: the Lakers got better uh, as time went on, and as they played more games together. But I don't know. I uh, I, I thought I expected more out of the the Portland Trailblazers than one, uh, one win at in that series, but. It is what it is. Uh, I, I didn't expect them to win the series, so it was still all in all the same outcome, but I don't know. Uh, the Mavs, Luca played out of his mind. There's nothing more you can ask for uh, with, with Luca. He was ridiculous. He, he literally did everything he could for that team. Uh, and I think the first game they won without Porzingis when Luca hit the buzzer beater, that that. In the last in their last game was very similar, but the difference was in in that elimination game was the other players around Luca played better. That that's what it came down to. Trey Burke and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. The game they won without Porzingis, they they went off. You know they they had, they played great. So I don't know. It's also the Clippers too. You know the Clippers like the Lakers. The more games that they played, they got better. So it was. I don't know. It was just a little bit of give and take with that series, but I, you you got to feel for the Mavs because they really they could have beaten uh, that team. They really could have. It was that close of a game, and I don't know. I I just felt like the, if that if Porzingis plays those last two games, I honestly think if Porzingis doesn't get hurt, they win that series. I'm a, I'm really a big believer in that. I think. That team, I, I don't know. Just something about this Clippers team. I'm just not sold on them yet. Just like I'm not sold on the Bucks yet. I'm really not sold on the Lakers either, who were the front runners to win this entire thing, this entire bubble NBA playoffs. I'm not really sold on any of those teams. I see a lot of flaws with those teams. And this Clippers team struggled against a last-second put-together team by the Mavs. Trey Burke didn't play for anybody when the year started. They took on uh, Tim Hardaway's contract, which is one of the worst contracts in the NBA right now. Uh, this summer, you know, like th- this, this was not supposed to be the year that the Mavericks were good. Um, Porzingis got hurt again, and the Clippers could barely handle this team. Maxi Kleba was was playing great against the, the Clippers. You know, and I don't know. I just this. I, I don't know that that Clippers team, and the Mavs gave that Clippers team the, like the best that they could. Um, and I think all in all, this this whole season is a win for the Mavericks because they were, like I said, they were not supposed to be anywhere close to where they were in that series, let alone in this season where they were, and they uh, they exceeded expectations. Uh, beyond what anyone thought they were going to be. So, Luca, uh, he's, I, I don't even know, he's extremely impressive for a second-year player. The things he does in the last two of, uh, the last, in two of his last three games, he posted a triple-double. Uh, one of them being a 40-point triple-double and the other one being a 30-point triple-double. It was he was so in against the best two way player in the NBA in Kawhi Leonard. So 
Luca is going to be a problem uh, if he can stay injury free. That was me knocking on wood. If he can stay injury free, he's going to be a problem. And let alone he literally played through uh, like a sprained ankle and had a triple double on Kawhi Leonard. So he's going to be a problem. He's he's just so fun to watch. I'm excited to see, uh, you know what it's what with with fans. I think Luca can beat the Clippers. If there were fans there, I think if if like if those two if one of those games takes place in Dallas, uh, of the last two games that they lost, they easily win. Maybe they easily win that game easily. Whichever game takes place in Dallas, I don't know how I I'm not gonna do that right now. But whatever game takes place in Dallas, there they easily win. I think with fans, and that just goes to show the difference that fans can make in this. I I think that 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 gives. The Mavericks a fighting chance that they win. Uh, they win games, away games, quote unquote away games in the bubble right now because there's no fans. But I think if there's fans, uh, so again, give and take with this whole bubble thing. But Luca is going to be very impressive. Uh, if that's a normal playoffs, I can't even imagine what he would do at home with a fan base behind him posting a thirty point triple double. I can't even imagine if he. Uh, if there were fans there, he might have had like sixty. That's that's the difference fans make in the NBA. So, uh, Mavs were very impressive. Portland, I expected more. Uh, didn't really get it, but it is what it is. Um, and now we're gonna switch over to the game sevens that that are taking place. Um, game six between the. Rockets and OKC just got done literally 10 minutes ago. And um, Chris Paul took over in the fourth. That That's really what it comes down to. Like in the last two, two, two minutes, he took over. After he got the technical foul called on him, he just took over. He hit like two fadeaway step-back threes, uh, hit some big free throws, and really just – I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan here, but really like – I've been watching these games, and you can really tell like why Chris Paul is so good because he the way he controls an offense really shows in, in these playoffs. The way he he takes his team from like they just had a terrible possession, and the next possession they look like they're an unstoppable team, and it's Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Stephen Adams. I don't even know the fourth guy, and um, I can't think of the fifth guy's name, the, the second-year player who's nasty, who's Gregorius. I think that's his name. Uh, that's, that's that starting five beating the two MVPs on the other team, two former MVPs. So Chris Paul is, I honestly think, the most important player in all of these. No, I'm not going to say that. That's actually an exaggeration. But he's one of the most important players for for his team right now in the playoffs. Without Chris Paul, this OKC team is, is not anywhere close to this Rockets team. I also think that um, Russell Westbrook struggled immensely. I, even though he had 17 points, he also had seven turnovers. I think if he plays a little bit better, they, they win this game uh, easily and they, they beat OKC. But I don't know. He's just – I think he's still rusty. You know, he's he, was, he still has a lot of rust on him. Uh and I think I think ultimately the Rockets are going to win Game Seven. 
I want OKC to win Game 7 because I think they deserve it. I, I think they're honestly the better team. Like, not personnel players. I don't think they have the better players. But I think they have a better coach in Billy Donovan, and I think that they're just all around a better team. Uh, their team chemistry is way higher than the, the Rockets. The Rockets just have way better personnel. But, and I think... It really depends on how that the the OKC's personnel plays. You know, I think for this game seven, like, is that second year rookie? I think his name's Alexander Gregorius or whatever it is. I don't know. Is he gonna lay an egg like he did last game, or is he gonna have a gr- a good game like he did this game? Is Dennis Schroeder gonna be able to put up twenty plus again? Is is he gonna be able to not get kicked out with PJ Tucker? Is is so I think a lot plays into it. Um, you know, is Danilo Gallinari going to have 20 points? Or is he going to shoot, like, two for 18 and have finished with, like, five? Uh, I think the only two really consistent players on the team throughout this in first round have been Steven Adams and uh, Chris Paul. And when the other guys are clicking, OKC wins the games. But when they're not, the Rockets win. So it's I, I want OKC to win. But I think the Rockets are going to prevail. Um, I think if the Rockets don't turn the ball over there with, I don't think if like if Russell Westbrook <clears throat> down the stretch he th- tried to pass it out to Robert Covington and he just threw it completely out of bounds. Robert Covington had a wide open three. I think if Robert Covington catches that shot, the Rockets tie the game up right there, and they don't they don't uh, go down by five. So. I got a uh, I got the Rockets winning Game Seven for that one for uh, Denver the Jet Denver and Utah. Um, this probably has been the best series of the entire bubble, and it's not even a question. You have two players who have scored fifty in multiple games. You it's a Game Seven, and it's just been so fun to watch. Uh, Murray is scorching hot. Every game, he's averaging like 30-plus for the series. He might be averaging 40 now that he just had the 50. He was averaging 30, bef- 30 like 5 before. He might be averaging 40 now. Um, and I don't want to say like I, I was right, but since the last time we talked, was that last week, since we talked about this, Jokic has played better. Or maybe it was two weeks ago because it's been there's been two games. No, it's been it's been uh it's been it was since last week. Jokic has played better. He he's he's having like hot like high twenties, low thirty games. Uh, he's becoming more efficient. He has the ball more often, so he's a lot. He, he can make more plays. Um, and that has really been the difference maker for the uh, Denver because Murray's been playing out of his mind the entire series. Obviously, he's the biggest difference maker, but. Jokic becoming more effective uh, in scoring more, in operating more, uh, having more assists, staying in the game longer, making better decisions has really been the biggest difference maker for this Denver team because, like I said, Murray was has been balling since game one. Um, him and Mitchell have been dominating since game one, so those those two even out. So so really what's the difference maker here? Well, the difference maker really is Jokic didn't have had a few bad games, Denver loses. Has a few good games, Denver wins. So, this game 7 is going to be interesting. I think 
Jokic has been playing better the last two games. Uh, Murray has been on a tear. And really for the the Jazz, it's only been Donovan Mitchell. It's He's been unstoppable, but two against one. You got Jokic and Murray versus Donovan Mitchell. Maybe Mike Conley shows up. Maybe Rudy Gobert shows up. Maybe someone else on that roster shows up. Joe Ingles, maybe. But those, I think, right now, the Denver has a better, has the advantage because Jokic has been playing way better. And that's that's really it. I think the Jazz have a great supporting cast around uh, Donovan Mitchell. I don't really think it's like, there's no real guy, though, other than Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell that you can really rely on to take over and win you a game. So I think I'm going to go Denver. Uh, takes that game unless Donovan Mitchell goes off for 50 again if Donovan Mitchell goes off for 50 again then okay Jazz might win but if Murray goes off for 50 again too then it comes down to who who else was balling you know who's the other guy uh, that was balling so I, I'm gonna say Denver wins that game seven um but Mitchell has been on another level uh so yeah that's and, and for anybody who listens to this, everyone knows that Donovan Mitchell went to Brewster, and uh, I'm an NMH uh, alum, so that that took a lot of me to to just admit that Donovan Mitchell was balling, but because he's a Brewster guy, and I, we don't like Brewster people, but yeah, I don't know. I was, he's been balling. Uh, you got to give credit where it's due. He's uh, and I I hope I hope he goes off for 50 again and wins, but I I think the more likely outcome is that Denver wins that that series. Um, okay. I take a quick break, and here is a terrible anchor ad read. All right, hope you enjoyed that ad read. Uh, luckily enough for you, because it's a Tuesday episode, I'm only gonna do one of those. So that was the the last, uh, the 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 one and only bad uh, anchor ad read. But um, all right, we're jumping into the semis now, conference semis. Um, Celtics versus Raptors. Celtics won. Uh, I mean, again, I don't want to say like I'm. I'm talking things into existence but um i mean i the raptors just looked terrible for the first half i mean they just didn't look good and uh i granted that they had like a 10-day break i want to say no not a 10-day break there's no way it was 10 days maybe like a five-day break or something like that they had like a five-day break or something um because of the the protest and then they they swept, so on top of it, I think they, they were done on, I don't even know when they were done. They were done the same day, or Celtics were actually sat longer, because the Celtics were done the first day. They swept the first, uh, they swept the day before the Raptors did. So, but the Raptors looked like they had a uh, little too much rest. Uh, they came out not shooting great, uh, they... Pascal Siakam, three early fouls had to be taken out. Uh, they just, and the, like I said before, the Celtics are just, they have too many weapons. And this is why I think, now granted I'm a Celtics fan, but I still think that they are the, the hardest team to beat right now. And I think it's purely for the fact that they just have so many weapons. They have Marcus Smart, defensive, uh, defensive lockdown, but like potentially a liability on offense but like has gotten better uh with taking bad shots 
and he had a great game against the Raptors. Uh, he hit, I think he had to hit like four, three or four threes. So you have a, a great defensive player. You have three players that I don't think anyone on the Raptors can stop. Maybe Pascal Siakam is the only one. Kyle Lowry's not stopping. Didn't stop Kemba game one. Uh, he's not stopping Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown balled out game one, and he's definitely not stopping Jason Tatum. Uh, on an, on Nobi, not stopping either any of the three of them. Uh, so I don't know. It's and I think the the brightest spot for the Raptors game one was Serge Ibaka, who came off the bench. He when he came off the bench in the first quarter, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Like we were up by twenty, but then Serge like Serge came in, had like two or three blocks, hit like two or three threes, and I was like, okay, Serge is balling. But the only advantage the Raptors have is their big men, and Marcus Sol stunk. He's been terrible. He was bad last last series, last three games. I think he has like six field goals in the last four games. Like. He's just not been good. He's been he's been missing bunnies. His only only his points are coming from the free throw line. He's just not playing that well. He's probably gonna go off now in game two because I'm talking junk on him right now. But um, I don't know. I, I that's that's really the only advantage I really see for the Raptors and uh, transition points, which the Celtics were great at. The Celtics were making shots, so you're limiting transition points there anyways but when they were missing they were limiting their transition points and that is the Raptors offense they're the best transition team in the NBA and they it was non-existent game one so I think I don't know I I don't see the Raptors I I I think the Celtics are the better team the the, they were the Celtics were the only team to beat the Raptors in the playing games uh, when the NBA came back and they beat them by like 20 so, before the game started, the the experts, the quote-unquote experts, picked the Raptors to beat the Celtics this series and it was by a landslide. It was 13-5. to The Celtics were up by 20-plus points in the first quarter. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I guess I just haven't watched the Raptors enough, but I watched them against the Brooklyn Nets, and there was moments... <laughs> where they were terrible against the Brooklyn Nets. Like, awful. Like, they'd be up 30, and then the next quarter, it was like a tie game. Against the Brooklyn Nets, who had no one. Karis LeVert was the only guy. I, I don't know. I just don't see this. The Raptors haven't, again, they just haven't proved to me since the restart um, that they are better than the Celtics in their games. I think the Celtics... They only lack in size. And defensively, you're not playing Joel Embiid again. So this series, I think defensively, the this Ennis Cantor, uh, yes, Ennis Cantor, Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, played out of his mind game one, can defend their bigs. I honestly believe that. Um, and I think the Celtics are rolling. I didn't get that. Yeah, that was serious. Me knocking. Um, I think that they're rolling. So I don't know. I I, I just I, I got the Celtics. They're they're hot. They're hot right now. They they looked like they had no break. That they're they're playing the exact same way they played against the 76ers, and they're just they can't be stopped. Um, 
The Raptors, again, they looked sluggish. They just looked like they were outgunned. Uh, their game plan against whatever they were trying to do in the first quarter backfired completely. Maybe Nick Nurse got outcoached. I think I think he did because I don't think Nick Nurse could. I think he relied too much on Pascal Siakam. <clears throat> it was as soon as Pascal Siakam picked up his third foul, it was over. There was it was over, and it, like it, Nick Nurse looked defeated. Kyle Lowry looked defeated. Marcus O looked defeated from the tip. Uh, the only, like I said, the only player that really looked like he was ready to play was uh, Sergi Baca. So Fred Van Fleet just didn't play that. Well. He didn't shoot that well. He didn't play good. Um, so I don't know. I I I have the C's in this uh, this series. I and I I I give the Raptors one or two games. That's it. Two games maybe. But from the way. Game one went. It looks like it could be another sweep, and I'm not saying that because I'm a Celtics fan. Like I know everyone listening, to this is like, dude, you're a Celtics fan. No, I'm actually I'm being like honest. Like I, that, that I just gave you a full breakdown of it. That I don't see this Raptors team better anywhere across the board after game one. Their bench isn't better. They're not as deep. They don't have as good offense. They're they didn't look like they, they were number third in the NBA in defense. They just did. They didn't look that good. So I don't know. I got C's in five or six. Uh, all right, moving on. We have the Heat and the Bucks. Bucks. He are looking. The Heat look good, dude. Uh, the Heat. They they look like a very complete team. They look like what I expected the Toronto Raptors to look like. Where it's just like they might not have the best player on the team, they might not have the second best player on the floor, um, but they they know how to play with each other. They they they're just a great team. Jimmy Butler also went off. He had forty. What do you have? Forty points. Yeah, forty points. Gordon Dragic also went off at twenty-seven. Uh, now Jimmy Butler carried the Heat in the fourth. He literally he had like, I want to say at halftime he had like, he he did, he had like under fifteen. Uh, and then at, after the third quarter he had like twenty two, and then he just went off in the fourth. But I don't know. This is the other thing too is they didn't the Heat didn't really shoot that good, which is what they're known for. Duncan Robinson, Middlesex Magic alum. Uh, didn't really shoot that great. They didn't really shoot the ball from three that well. Um, but they just they had Jay Crowder stepped up big for this this team. Bam stepped up big for this team. Um, and Giannis, like I said, like yeah, if you can. And here's the thing: you can give Giannis thirty points. The where the Heat lacked tonight, and where they got lucky was that Giannis only finished with eighteen points, because. The Bucks had other players step up. Uh, Lopez was, I think he had like, uh, he he was, Lopez played great. Middleton played great. And Giannis didn't play great. So, this is my, I still think the Bucks are going to win this series. Because if Middleton plays like that again, and Lopez plays like that again, 
And Giannis has his regular night, which is like 30-10 in like two steals, maybe three steals, and like two blocks. If Giannis has that night, game one, the Heat lose. They Giannis just played bad. I'm not even gonna say that the uh the Heat like locked Giannis up because they really didn't. He, he still had 18 points. Uh but he just played bad. He got in foul trouble. Uh not saying that the Heat didn't play good because they they did get him in foul trouble. They they took advantage of the fact that Giannis is so big that they would put Jake that they could put Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, anybody on him in the post, and they were just taking offensive fouls. Whether they got the call or not, they were they took so many offensive uh or so many charges this game and he gets called on like two or three of them. There's three two or three offensive fouls on top of the defensive fouls you're gonna get driving at him. So that, that was definitely the Heat's game plan, too, was to go at Giannis on offense and defense uh, and get him in foul trouble early, and it worked. But, again, I I just think Butler has never had 40 points in the playoffs. So not, not, not going to be a common occurrence, game two. Drogic carried them the first half. Uh... He had like 20 in the first half, finished with 27, and Giannis had 18. I I don't know. I think if Giannis has his regular night, the, the Heat lose. But, again, and I'm going to keep referring back to this, this Bucks team has a lot of flaws. They are not as dominant as everyone thought they were going to be. Every NBA analysis said the Bucks are coming out of the East. It does not look like that. In their first two playoffs series, they've lost game one, and they just look like they have a lot of holes on this team. It, if Gian, it, It's literally Giannis, and then you hope Chris Middleton plays good. You hope Brooke Lopez plays good. But if those two things don't happen... It's literally just Giannis scoring 30-plus. And if he can't do that, this team is hopeless. That, that's where I'm at with watching the Bucks. There has not been another dude to step up and like really be, be consistent throughout these playoffs other than Giannis for that team. And that's just, just the facts. You, this They need Giannis to have 30-plus. Like if, if he doesn't, they're just not the same team. They, they're, not, they're not blowing teams out. They're relying on Chris Middleton, who should be having, who should be, who could be having 30, 25 plus every game, and he just hasn't been. He had that Paul George night uh, where he just finally played good again, um, which Paul George had like last week, and then in the elimination game just kind of was like back to the regular Paul George. We'll get into that later. Um, but again, I don't know. I just, I'm not sold on this Bucks team. And the Heat looked really good tonight. So, game two, I don't know. It's it's going to be different because, uh, again, I don't think the Heat can rely on Jimmy Butler to go for 40 every time. But I, I also think they they had a lot of players who didn't shoot that good. And Jimmy Butler really impressed, and he really took over, and he really showed why he is a great player. Uh, I think he's been looked over a lot because he, he just hasn't been performing that well. But 
it's going to be an interesting series. Uh, I, the the NBA experts uh, said this one was a closer one with eleven to seven. Seven people took the Heat. Uh, eleven took the Bucks. I I don't know. I, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, let's. So I'm going to wrap up here um, quickly because I'm not really going to get into that much um, with these two teams. But the Clippers and the Lakers, uh, like I said earlier, two teams that were projected to win this whole bubble playoffs uh, are now on rest. For um, They're waiting for the two game sevens in the West to uh, be done. The winners, I don't know who will play. I'd have to look at the bracket for that. But um, the biggest thing I want to stress with these two teams is that they're on rest, um, which is bad for these teams. Because the Lakers lost game one because they didn't play for a while. They lost game one to the Blazers because they hadn't played. Uh, now it's not that long of a rest. Uh, it's they're gonna play this week at some point, but they're on rest. The Clippers are on rest, which maybe will help the whole Paul George thing. Maybe it won't. I don't really know. Uh, but with these two teams on rest, don't be surprised if if Denver wins. Um, don't be surprised if. They win game one. If ja- if the Jazz win, don't be surprised if they win game one. The other or versus whoever they play. Um, but the other series, I could see OKC losing game one if if the OKC beats the Rockets. If the Rockets win, don't be surprised if the Rockets take game one against whoever they play, because these. These two LA teams have proved that when they take rests, they're bad. Like they need to consistently keep playing. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful with the Clippers team that maybe Paul George just needs a little bit of rest. Maybe he's just like dead tired. Maybe he wasn't, he wasn't getting his, he wasn't doing his thing over quarantine. He wasn't staying in shape, and he's just, he, maybe this rest is gonna be good for uh, Paul George. But, and he's been taking a lot of heat as well. He should be because he's a quote unquote superstar in this league, and he's like I went in on him last podcast, but he had like he's he's averaging like ten points I think for a quote unquote superstar against the Dallas Mavericks uh, in round one of the playoffs. So I think I know that the Lakers are terrible when they take rest because they rested the last like two weeks of the playing games and they were god awful game one uh and i don't know i think these two la teams on rest is just bad for their game one so that's that's really all i got on uh the playoffs and where we're at right now and i'm excited for uh where i'm excited for these series these next series i think the Celtics raptors one uh i'm excited for it because i'm a Celtics fan and from my own analysis I, I think the Celtics are going to continue to prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, and this Heat Bucks, like I said, this Heat Bucks series is going to be very interesting. It all depends on, I think, if the the Bucks can keep doing, uh, I mean, the Heat can keep doing what they did game one against the Bucks. The Bucks are in for a long series. That series could go a long way. 
Uh, that Celtics Raptors series also has the potential to go seven games. Uh, in these two seven games that are taking place, one's tomorrow night and one's on uh, Thursday night. Are or no Wednesday night? My bad. Uh, are going to be great series, you know. So I'm really excited for um, those games to take place, and I think. If OKC um, wins it, whoever they play that Clippers-Lakers game, I think uh, will probably win. Um, but the Rockets, if the Rockets win, you never know. Like I said, you never know with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So that's where I'm at with that. Uh, make sure to tune in. Um, and if you've listened this far, please do me a huge favor and just whatever you listen to is on uh unsubscribe and resubscribe i don't again i'm gonna say this every episode i don't know why it helps but it does so yeah i will see you guys on thursday peace